Plastic handcuffs troll. Wait, where are we starting? Um, back in the beginning, unfortunately. Are you fucking kidding I me? I know, right? <laughs> <It sucks. laughs> Plastic handcuffs, episode three. We're traveling to the wonderful city of New York City. We have Justin Perkins, probably my oldest friend that has that I haven't had a falling out with yet. So what's <laughs> up, man? Oh, how you doing? How you doing? Nice, nice to uh, record with you again. It's always a pleasure. Justin's job is one of the more interesting ones that I know of. I remember him telling me about it back in the day, and I, I was more of an asshole, and I didn't care, or I didn't care enough to remember what he did. <laughs> um, <laughs> now that I, now that I'm a little bit more mature, I'm realizing like how amazing this job is. So can you kind of go over uh, go over what you do? <laughs> I'm sorry. It's all good. No, keep it real, man. It's frustrating. I know. I know. So I work for a large nonprofit organization in New York City. In New York City. Oh, oh, that's funny to you. Oh man. Oh, you were looking at my LinkedIn profile, huh? I was. I was like. I was like, what city is it again? Like what? L H A what's that? Uh I was trying to I was trying to be professional. Okay, so basically basically No, Justin- okay. Wait, 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 wait. All right, I'll say it. <laughs> sorry, 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 sorry. All right, so I work for a large not-for-profit organization, and we provide a wide range of services for people with intellectual and developmental disabilities. We not only provide services for those people in our program, but also family members as well. And in addition to that, in my specific department, which is employment and business services, we also provide, we have different programs for people without disabilities, some integrated programs, people with disabilities and without disabilities. But we mainly focus on employment. That is our main goal in the employment and business services department. And we do job training, job placement, and job retention services. I work out of the Brooklyn office. Brooklyn. Woo! So you're helping motherfuckers get jobs that have a problem getting jobs. I always feel like, oh, I'm going to help this motherfucker out. They're sad or they're, they need help. And I realized that is not easy at all. It's such a complex thing to help somebody. It's not just like, oh, this person is this. We got to do this. It seems more intricate than that. How hard is it and how frustrating is it to do that job? Like you said, your example was pretty good. It really depends on the person. Some people, their personalities, their situations, they, you know, their support systems make it easy. Other people, it's a lot more frustrating. Some people are just you know, immature. Like I, Since I've been there for so long, like 15, 16 years, you know, I've known some of those people that I work with, not necessarily in Brooklyn, but like in Manhattan program, well, some of the Brooklyn people, but I've really seen them mature and blossom, you know, during my time there. So that's, you know, it's it's tricky, man. Not everybody is 
is ready at the same time. So sometimes you're like, here we go. This is why I do it. And then a lot of other times you're like, this motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Uh, Yeah, it can definitely be frustrating. Yeah, sometimes you get that. I'm like, well, I don't even understand why you're here then. That's like what goes in my mind. And sometimes I'll say that to people. Depends on the person. If you could have any job, you don't have to worry about money or anything. Would you be doing something similar to what you're doing or... Uh, hmm, great question. I think I would, you know, this question actually is, no, it's not a great question. I hate this question, right? I never liked answering this question, (laughs) but I would certainly do something that I feel, you know, it would have to like make a difference somewhere. I like, I like working with youths. So that, that's pretty good. I don't know. I would I would be doing something similar, but not this, not my exact job. If I didn't have to worry about money at all, I wouldn't be where I am, you could say. But I would be still trying to do something that has a positive benefit on someone's life. That's what's up. So no, no MBA, no, no porn oh, star, like, no, no movie star shit. I don't think I would want to be. If I was an actor, I'd want to be like. Not the movie star, but maybe like below a movie star, but someone that was well-respected. Maybe like, who comes to mind? Maybe like an Ethan Hawke. Because, you know, he's he's been around, people like him, but it doesn't seem like he gets harassed when he's outside, you know? Not like Leo DiCaprio, everyone's following him around all the time or someone like that. You want that White Fang swag. You remember White Fang? No, <laughs> that white thing swag. <laughs> what? Just go with it. Okay. Uh, after COVID hit, you started working at home, right? Yes. Yes, this is correct. How did the job switch up after it hit? Like, I'm sure you're kind of hands on with uh, the people that come in for help, and um, you're in the office. And now that you're doing it from home. That probably changes things a lot. It does. It's it's made a major difference on how we do our work and perform our job duties. Like some things are a little easier. Well, no, actually, that's not true. Nothing is actually easier. Some things are just remain the same. And some things are definitely harder. However, this has kind of forced the agency's hand in terms of advancing and promoting the use of technology that was always there, but we didn't necessarily utilize it. Um, so that, I, I would say, has been a benefit. But in my position, I, I don't like managing people remotely. It's a lot more work to manage people when you don't see them on a regular basis. It's actually it has not been a very positive experience for me. That sounds impossible because you can't even manage people when you're there. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. Um, I'm like I, I manage in the kitchen here and there, and let me tell you, managing people—it's gotta be one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life. It's like when you get it right, finally, it lasts for like a day. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even—it's not even really a system that seems like it can even like it even works out. You know, it's, it's, it's definitely, there's so much more follow up and, oh, and you know what the worst part is like, 
I could get away. I have to talk on the phone so much now. I already talked on the phone like a fair amount, but now it's just so many phone calls. I don't like it. I don't like the video conferences, the video calls. Like you have not had to deal with all the Zoom, the Zoom video no. calls and the Microsoft Teams video calls. I I turn my 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 camera off a lot. Oh. I, don't people, I don't want people looking at my face, dude. But I get, I also, a problem Preaching for me. Preaching to the choir. You preach yeah. to the choir, baby. A problem for me is I get distracted. So I start looking at everyone and I stop paying attention. Like, oh, what's what's going on? I start looking at people's apartments and like what what's in the background and all that stuff. So I don't know. You're, you're, the, you're the boss, right? Yes. <laughs> when I do, <laughs> when I have a meeting, when I'm running the meeting, I don't like. I've done a few videos when I run it, but it's it's very hard for me. It's not something that I'm comfortable with or necessarily good at. When it's small, when it's like a small group meeting, that's okay. But the bigger ones are so distracting. So, so many people as, to look at. As the guy that runs the show over there, as the regional director. How good have you become at at calling people out or reprimanding people? For me, with management, that was the hardest thing for me. I was okay with it before. It's much harder remotely. For me, that's much better as a face-to-face interaction. Over the phone. Yeah, it's just, I don't know. It's it's a certain level of disconnect over the phone. Face-to-face, it's I feel like it's much more effective and I'm more effective. I've done it over the phone, but it's hard because so much of human interaction is, you know, body language and looking at people's faces. And you can't do that when you're talking on the phone. So something goes down in the office, questionable, and you just, with no hesitation, you're like, bitch, get in the office. Let me tell you what's up. <laughs> it's a- Get in here, uh, dude. Because I I had the biggest problem with that. It it depends, not necessarily. Like I've I've had conversations with people. Like one of my staff people had had a body odor issue. I had to Whoa. talk to him. I had to talk to dude, him about it. Let's re- let's go through that. I'm the guy with the body odor. I'm coming into the office. Hey, Mister Perkins. Like you, you wanted to. Hey, see- what's up? What's up, Ken? How you doing? I'm all right. Why'd you want to see me? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Why'd you change your voice? Trusting the Hollywood shit. Oh my god. See, for me, it really depends on someone's personality and the relationship. So for him, I was talking about what we did. So what I did was bring it back to his actual job. I was like, you know, so part of your job is making sure that when someone goes to work, they're fully ready to work. And that means, you know, some of that has to do with their appearance, their body odor, that they know what they're doing, that they take showers and their hygiene. And I said, and for you, you need to make sure that you're setting a proper example for that. And like, for instance, like right now, I can smell you right here. And so I don't know, it may be like something's going on. And we just, and he was fine with it. Like I, I knew him. So this is part of it. Like, you have to know who you're who you're talking to and how to approach each person individually. And we were fine. And then the next time I saw him, he even asked me if he's if I smelled anything on him. And you're like, yes, but like, it's way better. No, I was like, <laughs> no, you smell good. I was like, all good, homie. That's what's up. 
if it was me, I would either pay someone else to tell him. I'd be like, I'll give you twenty dollars. Tell tell Fred, we'll give him a, a gift certificate to Target if he uh, he takes wow. a shower. We'll buy the soap for him. I always like try to work around it, like indirectly. It's not a good method. No, that's that's not a good method. So I've done it a lot. I've also done it with people in our program. It's not a conversation that I'm unfamiliar with. You know, I've had probably had these conversations for like ever since I worked there for like 15 years at least. So, what's a harder one that you've had to deal with? One firing like, someone. And how many people have you had to fire? Probably a lot. No, not a lot. Realistically, maybe this makes I say this just to make myself feel better. In the end, Yes, I'm committing the act of firing, and I'm informing this person that they're fired. However, I like to think, and maybe this just makes me feel better, that I've never actually fired anyone. Like in my mind, everybody fires themselves. Do you see what I'm saying? Like that is true because I didn't, who, I nobody. Didn't do it. I'm just holding you accountable for what you were supposed to do. You didn't do it, so now you got to go. No regular person wants to fire somebody. It's like the last thing you want to do in your right. day. Out. Unless you're some psychopath. (laughs) Um. Yeah, the last person I had to fire was in January or February. Yeah, Um, and that was someone that didn't pass. And that was kind of an easier one, too, because it was just the end of their probation period. And I was like, I'm sorry you didn't pass. And then you had to break down why. When I was in Ohio and we had our food business, we only had two or three workers. And one of the, the young gentleman that worked for us he loved working for us but then he started getting too comfortable and one of my problems is it's so hard for me to not become friends with the people on my staff even though like that's probably like rule number one don't be like really really close with the people that you're that you're hiring to work for you I work with my wife and my wife's just getting pissed with this kid because she you know in the kitchen I don't know if it's her Japanese culture or just the way she is, but she's like intense. So if she, when she has made up in her mind that you're a piece of shit worker, she just goes cold on you. And which is, you know, she's fair about it. She doesn't go cold on you like for no reason. But like once she decides. That's it. No coming back. So she tells me, she's like, yo, this guy's done. This guy's got to go. And for me, like, this is my little homie. And I'm like, oh, man. And I get it, though, because this guy was, he started, like, opening beers at work and shit while he's working. And we're just like, yo, you are comfortable. (laughs) Mm. That's where you are right now. Like, you think you're, you think you can just open beers and shit now. Drinking Um, beers. Wow. Bold move. And it's a a restaurant. So it's, like, in a bar. So I guess it's a, and there's, like, the front of the house is run by all musicians that are like wild. So it's like not the craziest thing, but it's still crazy. She tells me we got to fire him. And I automatically get super nervous and super like anxious. And I'm like, Oh, all right. And then she's like, all right, we're going to do it. And then she calls him up to kind of like in a separate room. And I'm like, all right, let me, let me just, uh, let me just rewarm this hot chocolate real quick. I'll be there. (laughs) <laughs> like re-microwaving a hot chocolate. I'm not even trying to drink the shit. Just trying to like buy some time. And then I finally oh get gosh. there. She starts talking. 
I can't even look at him. I can't even look oh, at his eyes. Man. And I'm just, I look like I just stole something or I'm like, I just got caught masturbating or some shit. Like, yo, listen to her, but I still love you, man. I still love you. You know? But I'm, we're so I, cool, I, man. I, she tells him why she's firing up and, or why we're firing him. And, uh, <laughs> See, you had to catch yourself now. <laughs> Both fired. I, like, I feel bad because she's saying the whole, the whole spiel and I'm just sitting there like a, like a spineless jellyfish. Was he staring at you? Like, yeah, no, he was crying. Crying. And that made it. That made it even worse because I'm like, oh, like he's like bawling. It's it's like a 19, 20 year old kid. I say the dumbest shit. I can't remember what I said exactly, but something along the lines of, "We love you, man, but we just can't. We just can't like like work like this or some some stupid shit." And then he doesn't even pay me any mind. <laughs> and then he leaves, and then like. We never see each other, but then my wife looks at me like, you punk motherfucker. <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, I'm really trying to work on that skill set. But yeah, like some people, it's just that managing, it's just not in the cards, I guess. But it's, it's a really good skill to have to be able to like kind of tell people what the situation is, whether you're looked at as somebody that's bad or good or whatever it's a good skill to be able to just tell somebody how it is whether they like you or not so kudos yeah to you for i mean it's still that. you know it's still something i'm working on it's a it depends on the person you know but it's tricky so uh me and justin both love the docuseries the last dance with michael jordan michael jordan that was kind of like our era of growing up in basketball and it was just all Michael Jordan. It's like who's Jordan? Who's Jordan playing? You know, right? And I was watching this series, and I'm, you know, I'm loving it, right? And then while I keep watching it, I'm realizing Jordan's a fucking asshole. <laughs> yeah. And um, I have this thought where, you know, on one end, you kind of need to be like that to be that great at something, but the other half of me is. I don't know how much I can respect somebody that's a fucking, that just treats people like that. So I had a kind of a, I don't know, a confusing feeling about it. Like, how did, how do you feel about that? Greatness versus humanitarianism, I guess. Yeah, I, I don't know. He sounds, <sighs> hmm. you can't really argue with the results, right? I think that's, that's where most people go right away is, yeah, he was he was a jerk. He was an asshole. He was, you know, really hard on teammates. But he won six championships and he got all these scoring titles. And he's a lot of things, right? And I wasn't, I guess, as mad, as upset about how he was so hard on his teammates, which I guess, you know, can can produce some great results but i don't i don't know if that's necessarily the way you want to go because it wasn't like people really liked him it was like they people were just more scared and afraid but like i was saying before i we may have gotten cut off but you can't really argue with the results all those championships right all those accolades and just the great player that he is and was however i also didn't like I didn't realize how like much of a jerk he was to was it Reinsdorf the short Jerry the shorter of the Jerry's no Jerry Krause 
man, he was a big joke to Jerry Krause all the time. Yeah, they kind of villainized Jerry Krause, so I, I kind of went with it. I was like, fuck Jerry Krause when I was watching that. I, I was remember, like, no, I remember not liking Jerry Krause when I was younger, but now I had some sympathy for Jerry Krause because Mike, Mike was doing all types of jerk stuff. On, in these in that footage, he was like, "Oh, what the what those pills gonna make you grow taller or something?" He was saying all types of little snide remarks, like every time he saw this guy. Yeah, so I guess basically what I'm saying is like, how important is being a good person? You have like R. Kelly. I know we liked R. Kelly at some point. We don't, did. And don't even act like we did. I oh. said we did. I agree. <laughs> so for someone like R. Kelly, we can easily. All right, I don't listen to that shit anymore. Right. right. But then when it comes to Michael Jackson, we're like, yeah, but that shit's still hot. And but he's the king. <laughs> it's kind of interesting like where we where we where draw, draw the line. line. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I wouldn't okay. I definitely wouldn't put Michael Jordan in that conversation with them <laughs> with those two. I mean, I don't have a lot of Michael Jordan stories, but I don't know he he was involved with anything like that. Like, he may have been an asshole and a jerk, but he wasn't, like, allegedly abusing kids and, like, allegedly kidnapping women. And Well, R. Kelly did get convicted on some of that, like, underage girls and, and peeing on people, all that all that nonsense, right? He got convicted uh, of peeing? He got convicted of something. I don't know what he got convicted of, but he was he's just doing a lot. But yeah, it, it is funny where people draw the line. And I think nowadays it's harder for people, for celebrities, that is, people in the, in, you know, in the limelight, in the public eye, to sort of hide and not, not do anything just because of social media and paparazzi and people are just, are just out there so much. I mean, it's really, it's more difficult. And Michael, he didn't present you with much back then. There wasn't anything, you know, there was on the court. You would see other things. You would see them in the commercials, but you weren't seeing anything else. You didn't see, you know, there was no Instagram account, no Twitter. Even, I mean, nowadays he probably wouldn't even be doing that either. But back back then it was just quiet. Like he was like, this is what I'm going to show people and this is what they see. And that's what got shown. But maybe, maybe not even like, imagine some of the stories you've heard like various stories about Charles Barkley just being drunk and getting wild, like throwing people through glass and shit. I mean, imagine if that was right now, an NBA player throws somebody through a, through a fucking window. Yeah. That's not fine. You're canceled. Right. How do you feel about this culture of one strike and you're out? I think I have to take it on a case by case basis just because everybody is different. It, it depends on the person, you know, what, what they've done up to that point, who they are as a person, as I know them. And that's the other thing. Like, I don't know these people. I, you know, I guess I cancel people in my mind, but some people I don't even have to cancel because I just wasn't into them in the first place. You've always been good at not giving things that don't need attention, attention. Who named someone who got canceled recently? Chris D'Elia, he's on the verge of getting oh. canceled. You know about yeah, that? Yeah, I've seen those. I've seen those stories, but like, I didn't like that guy anyway. Like, I wasn't wasn't laughing at his. I don't even know a Chris D'Elia joke. Know anything about him? I just seen him. I know what he looks like. A lot of people I know around here love the shit out of uh, Gary V. 
Vanderchuk. Oh, here we go with this. You're, <laughs> you're the you're like the one per and this this is why I like this is what I like you so much. You're the one person that's like fuck Gary V. No, 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 <laughs> not no. fuck Gary V. But take like, it too far. <laughs> I'm like trying to exploit you. Yeah. <laughs> All right, the one person that that's like like I don't I'm not I'm not a big fan. Like he's uh, okay. Like he didn't inspire me. Like I I tried to listen to his podcast a few times. Uh, he talks a lot and doesn't really say anything. Um, and then he likes to have these dramatic pauses and like these big drops, like knowledge drops. If you listen to it enough, you can extract usable and useful things. It's just that you have to filter through all of the other useless stuff, in my opinion. But other people get things out of it. I would be curious what would happen if we listened or watched whatever, if we saw the same clip or audio clip and what each of us took from it. It seemed like what he was saying was a lot of advice that I'd already heard and like tried to apply or it was just like elementary like, for you. Not, not really elementary, but it was, it was things like, like know your worth and you got to be happy. Like, like shit like that. Like, uh, why need him to tell me that? But maybe somebody does need someone to say that. Maybe somebody's, there's someone out there that's never heard that before. And he's going to introduce them to those concepts. But also a lot of it, it seems like he was encouraging people to keep their main thing until their side thing or their side passion like really took off when they could like fully monetize it. I don't know. I would have to go back and listen. It's been a while because I just got, you know, it, it just lost all appeal to me. So I stopped listening to him, but I mean, it was, it was decent advice. It's just, you know, I don't know. It didn't grab me. I'm just, I was trying to just get muddy, muddy over there for no reason. Uh, <laughs> run me through uh, your day at work from when you start to when you finish like what what is your day like D- it depends so let's say it's not if it's now I wake up sometime between 5 and 6 in the morning sort of hang out for a little bit uh, listen to some news drink some coffee maybe I'll eat something maybe not then I sort of get ready for work. I'll usually like answer some emails and write some emails. Then I'll stop that. Then I'll take a shower, get dressed, and then come back, like officially start work. Maybe by like 8, 8.30, depending on the day. But mind you, this is all just in my apartment. I'm not going anywhere. Is that uh, driving you nuts or are you okay with that? I'm actually fine with it. No, yeah, it's been fine. Sometimes I'll get up and go for a walk in the morning, which is nice. No one's really around, you know, that early in the morning. Not too many people outside, anyway. And then I usually have I have a morning phone call with my staff at nine fifteen, um, four days a week. What's, One day. So what are you guys talking about during that morning call? This is just a small one with the supervisory staff. We just talk about, and that's my supervisor is on that as well. It's, it depends. It's usually his agenda, and that's four days a week. And then I have, you know, then whatever work I have to do, a lot of emails, a lot of phone calls. And then at the end of the day, I just have a call with my staff at 4 o'clock every day, 
and we go over what happened during the day. Any any sort of clarification because sometimes things um, can be misinterpreted over email, and we just want to make sure that everyone is on the same page and we talk about the day and sort of plan for the following day and the rest of the week and just talk about bigger projects that are affecting all of us. Do you see yourself waiting for the day to end or is it going by kind of fast or? It goes by fairly fast. It depends on the day. You know, know, some days I have better motivation than others. Some days go by really quickly and then I look around and it's like two o'clock and I haven't stopped really to eat anything. Other days they just drag. It really depends on the day. What's your typical day like? Oh, nothing. (laughs) (laughs) So right now I'm collecting unemployment. I don't even know why they gave me unemployment because the last job I had, I left voluntarily and I signed up for, I forget what it was called, but for like business owners, there's a different thing to sign up for, but I don't know if they didn't want to give me that. So they, they just let me go through with unemployment anyway. We started our business, our food business, and we literally shut it down like one day after we started. Kind of our momentum's all fucked up. But I kind of was like, fuck it. You know, like I, it really wasn't that devastating to me because like our whole business strategy is don't invest more than you can handle um, and grow grow then invest which is what my sister always instilled in me she's just like yo the white like don't put any money in until you guys have some proof that it's working and then start dropping money in so um this was a perfect example of that because like dude if i i have a friend in cincinnati who just opened this nice sushi restaurant and he and i was messaging with him and he's like basically like kill me (laughs) it's like like, and then nobody wants to go back to work because everyone's making more money on unemployment which is i mean that's a crazy topic but that six hundred dollars is coming to an end soon hopefully that gets that gets re re extended (laughs) i would i would love it to be extended all the people that you're helping out get jobs how does the unemployment situation tie in for them? Are they collecting unemployment right now? It depends on the person. Some people are collecting unemployment. Some people didn't even want to file for unemployment. But yeah, like just the same as the, you know. You guys are helping them with all that stuff? Yeah. New York was the first area that basically got blasted by COVID and it just kept getting blasted. What was life in New York like? During that time? Um, It was stressful. I didn't really go outside very often during, I guess you could say, like, like regular hours. I was all, like, weird hours. When I would go to the supermarket, which I still do, it opens at 7. I'm there at, like, 7.15. So it's, like, me, the employees, and, like, five customers in there. You're just supermarket sweeping in there. Uh, no, I, I still have time to chill because it's it's not a lot of people. But yeah, you still want to be. I still did want to be just like in and out. Like it was it was intense, man. I feel like the rest of the country didn't really get it, and now unfortunately they're gonna see what it really is. They thought it was nothing, but 
when you see people around you start dying, then you'll realize what it is. Unfortunately, people, you know, they really need to experience things uh, to believe them. A lot of the public, you know, they don't, if you don't have that experience, it doesn't mean anything to you, right? Like it's just numbers. Like, oh, okay, whatever. 300 people were hospitalized today in New York. That doesn't mean anything to somebody in Houston, Texas. But now that they're, you know, Houston, Texas intensive care units are 97% full. Now they mean something to them. It's fucked up, huh? Yeah, it is. But it, it, I mean, that's just the, like the reality of life though. You know, like, like that homeless guy on the street, like you don't care what, what he's going through or what he's, you know, like the average person, right? They don't have any, they don't know anything about them and they don't care. They're just sort of like, why is this guy in my way? You know, like, holding up the traffic on, on the sidewalk so I can't walk faster to get, you know, get wherever I need to be. Yeah, I, I mean, I hate to say it, but it's it's all about them. It's like such a selfish uh, time. And I don't know if it's necessarily everyone's fault. Like, I think our society has kind of made things so individual, like everyone's just on their phone doing their own thing and everything's kind of geared towards yourself when things happen. I feel like it's hard for people to relate nowadays. Yeah, I th- I think so. I think it is hard for people to relate and to have, you know, empathy towards each other and for people, I mean, this has just been ingrained in American culture that we have just such a sense of individualism, but it's hard for people to to make a sacrifice for the greater good, especially when you don't when you're living in somewhere that's not affected as much as everywhere else yeah like i'm i don't go outside without wearing a mask i've been wearing a mask since march i still wear a mask like i don't understand what the big deal is i love wearing a mask i love hiding my face (laughs) i'm all about hiding this face (laughs) especially i'm getting all fat (laughs) i'm getting all fat i'm like oh let's hide let's hide these cheeks right now Um, these cheeks to myself being somebody that cares about COVID safety and then also being someone that cares about the Black Lives Matter movement, how do you feel about protests and safety during the protests? I think it's all right. We would have seen the spike already. People have been protesting for a month and there was no spike in New York City. So I, I think it's fine. Here, at least. I can't say about everywhere else. I mean, the events that I've been to, majority of the people are wearing masks. There are people handing out masks. There are people handing out hand hand sanitizer. There are people handing out gloves, PPE along the routes. Like they're very well organized, and they're trying to keep people safe. You know, while while doing this. Yeah, I mean, it's it's closer than I've been to somebody in months, but. You know, almost everybody's wearing a mask and staying safe. Like, I I don't know about everywhere else in the country, but here, you know, that's my experience. Would you agree that though COVID was horrendous and it was awful, so many people died, there has been some positives? For example, I don't think this country would have taken the events that led to the protests as serious if people didn't have as much time to like deal with it. For example, if everybody was working, like normally when you see something fucked up, 
I feel like when everybody's busy, they just kind of scroll and they're like, they look at it on their phone and they're like, oh, that's fucked up. And then kind of get back to what they were doing because, you know, people feel like they're kind of trapped. So in a way, do you feel like COVID was kind of like had some positives to it as well? Look, I'm not going to say that COVID-19 was positive. So many people have died, like over a hundred thousand now, right? I, I mean, I think you you were onto something when you were saying about the amount of time that people have and the amount of time that they can devote now, just because of not being at work and not having as much to do. So people are less distracted; they can focus on things that really matter. And I guess that has been one positive side effect, but the COVID-19 has been overwhelmingly negative, I would say. Yes. And I I think I'm proof of what you said before. I know COVID's bad, but you know, it's nowhere near what it was in New York, in San Diego. Maybe for me, it was a lot easier to be like, well, there are some positives, you know, you know what I mean? (laughs) Um, Because yeah, like I barely saw, I know one person that one of their relatives died and then I know another person's friends that's dad died. Um, yeah. But see, if you take that and apply it to, you know, the unfair treatment that black people have endured by the police and in different establishments, it's the same thing. People are like, you know, oh, I never had a police officer be mean to me before. or I never was followed in a store. Yeah, but that doesn't invalidate my experience. You know, that doesn't diminish what I did. It happens. And I exactly. think that's another another thing that people aren't realizing, you know. Seems so simple, huh? Yeah, you would think. You want to talk about our police story? Oh my gosh. <laughs> the Bone Thugs? Bone Thugs. Me and so me and Justin eighth grade? Ninth grade? Ninth? No. We're Wait, driving. Which, what, are you talk, what are you talking about? Yeah. The bone- what what what? Yeah, uh, how old were you? Grade? Are you you were driving in eighth grade? <laughs> I don't remember. Was it tenth grade? Eleventh grade? I don't know. You were, you had to have been sixteen. You were probably like an eleventh grader, maybe. Okay, so say we're in eleventh grade here. Me and Justin are going to the the high school. One of those high school dances, not like a prom, but just like one of the casual ones. <laughs> this is when Bone Thugs is Bone Thugs and Harmony is hot. Right, <laughs> the album was creeping, creeping up, on, on, creeping on a come up, creeping on a come up, yeah, creeping on a come up, and no surrender. I believe it's track four. That was one Wait, of our. Let tracks. me check. Let me check it. Wow, it is. is it? Oh my I god! It. <laughs> it's so funny because I don't remember shit, but I remember shit like that, which is crazy. Like, I won't remember, like, my, I can't remember my mom's birthday, but I'm like, track four, Bone Thugs, No Surrender. Um, (laughs) Track four, Creeping on the Come Up. That song's hot fire. Dang. Uh, But that song starts with uh, sirens. It's it's got a lot of sirens um, in it, yeah. So me and Justin are getting hyped up going to the dance. We're, like, right around the high school. (laughs) Sirens in the song going on, and then... We didn't realize there's a co- actual cop behind us with their sirens on. So, like, I drive a little bit longer than I should have without. No, I thought over. there was an ambulance. Was the problem? Oh, it was an ambulance. It was an ambulance. Yeah. So the ambulance and the siren and the song are going on at the same time. You're supposed to <laughs> yield to the ambulance. 
Right, and we're just um, in there getting hyped to bone touch. I don't, because I'm like, pop, 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 pop. <laughs> and, uh, and, then, um, and then I do notice the police officer that's pulling us over after the ambulance, though. Yeah. And I've never been pulled over. I don't know if Justin's ever been pulled over. Was that Not your first at that time? time. Yeah, that yeah. was our, our first time being pulled over. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> so normal people pull over just pull over on the right side of the road and just park the car but i for some reason pull over on the left side which and i have to cross like lanes to do it which is like i don't yeah. even know what my brain's thinking at that time but i'm just man. probably like panicking like yo, yo yo like how do you pull over man like <laughs> So I do that. I believe Justin's probably like, why are you? I, I know I was here? freaking out. If I wasn't freaking out out loud, I was freaking out inside. I was like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Karate man freaks out on the inside. Justin's a karate yeah. man. So I pull over and I, I don't know if you remember this, but I got out of the car because I was like, I, oh I think my you, gosh, you told I forgot me, that part of you it. You told me that was wrong, I think. Why'd you pull over on the left side? So I got yeah. out of the, I was going to get out of the car to explain that, oh, I'm sorry for pulling over on the wrong side. Um, so I get out of the car and start walking to the cop, and they're like, I don't know if they pulled a gun out, but they're like, stop, like, freeze. They're like, don't, like, yeah. stop moving. So I get get back in the car. So I get back in the car, and... um. And then, uh, yep, we just get ticketed. I they have this dumbfounded look on, like, because they probably think we're just wasted. You know, he did ask you why did you pull over to the left side? And I mean, run. like, I I should have just been like, yo, the first time, and I'm a I'm Asian, <laughs> like, you know how we do it, you know. <laughs> Justin's just like, oh god, Man, um, I was I was stressed out. I was like, why is why is Ken getting out of the car? They were like, back in the car. It shows, like, as an Asian Asian kid, I can do stupid stuff like that and not get shot or not, you know, not have anything that's, happen. That's true. And I don't even think about that. Look at me just right. walking out of the car, like, let me tell, let me explain to this guy what, <laughs> you know, what the situation is. And it just shows, like, the difference, the difference in, like, different areas or being yeah. a different race. Because people aren't scared of Asian people. Ain't nobody scared of Asians. A lot of people yeah, kind of group, group us in with white people, which is unfortunate sometimes. I, I ain't going to lie. Mm. But it's also beneficial sometimes, which is not right either. But it's true. It just happens. Almost, I'm almost grouped in as white sometimes. So that's an interesting topic on its own. Yeah, that have, is kind of interesting. Mm. Yeah, I wonder why that is. Why? Why did we get lumped in with white? Ish. Hmm. That's that's for another episode. <laughs> another um, time. How's uh how's dating in New York? How's that dating life? That ten that Tinder that Tinder game. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, you fucks with Tinder? I did. I mean I don't I don't have need for Tinder anymore now. I've been dating someone for a while consistently. You know, you already know this. You've seen pictures. We talked oh about this. Gotta act like I don't know for the podcast. <laughs> but before, I mean, I don't know. I think it would be interesting now to see how people are doing it in this time of, you know, isolation. 
I couldn't even imagine trying to trying to date someone now, like what? trying to meet somebody and and like go through that. What's the scene like in Brooklyn though, specifically? You know, like for example, in San Diego, I have a lot of friends trying to date around here, and yeah. like a lot of people say they have a tough time because they say like chicks and dudes are super flaky and like people are over it before it even starts. They say it's very tricky. What's up with Brooklyn? I don't know. In in my experience, people weren't that flaky. I mean, some people were, some people weren't. People are people. It w- I think it would be hard for me to come up with a, like a real general statement. I could say some things specifically about the situations that I had gone through. I think it's it's important to be on the same page and to have clear communication. You know, it's, it gets frustrating and it's tiring mentally to go on a lot of dates. It gets expensive. Uh, <laughs> yeah, to go on all these first dates with people. And then, you know what? I do, I do remember complaining about this at one point because then it's just like you have like these presets, right? You know, like on, on, on the radio, right? Oh, she asked me why I came to New York. All right, I'm going to press number one. I'll give you my, my regular why I came to New York answer. Uh, you know, you have, you have just pre-made, prefab answers to all the general questions. What do you do for work? Where do you live? Um, when did you come to New York? Why did you come to New York? All of these questions, you're going to be asked. And it's like sometimes I think like, I don't feel like giving the regular answer. You know, sometimes I'm not in the mood, but like, <laughs> and I'm like, it's just, you know, so yeah. I don't know. Where, where did you go to school? Why? Like, where are you from? Like all of these questions, those are all first date questions. And at a certain point, it's just annoying to, to have the same conversation with a different person two times a week. Like everybody runs the same method of questioning. Not days. necessarily, but like in the first date, I mean, that's how people get to know each other, especially here in New York. Like you'll get some variation of all of those questions within the first date. How much is Justin dropping on a first date? Because I remember back in the days, Justin had a limit for one dollar. <laughs> oh, any- <laughs> we're talking dollar amounts. Any, huh? any situation, Justin was like, I'll give you a dollar. And it was like at the time I didn't get it, but now I see the genius of it. See, now it all makes sense. It all makes sense. Uh, a first date? No, a first date is usually just drinks anyway, or no appetizers. A Maybe no app- a snack. No, usually a drink because like I'm not trying to sit down with d- to dinner and like go through the like this isn't dating around. It's not that TV show on Netflix. That's a, I like that show, but I'm not doing drinks then dinner and then maybe after dinner drink the first time i meet you we'll have drinks and then that'll be cool and if we hit it off we'll see each other again but i'm not going to commit to a full dinner with someone i've never met i like it you gotta earn those apps (laughs) (laughs) i'm just giving you apps like gotta work your way up like super mario you know this is level level, one one. one. (laughs) (laughs) two drinks and we out (laughs) <laughs> I like to talk with everybody about mental health and depression a little bit because one thing I've learned right now is like everyone I know 
is going through some sort of mental health or depression. And a lot of people don't know how to deal with it properly. Or they're just the way they've grown up. They weren't shown like how to deal with it. Like, for example, I recently signed up for Medi-Cal. They have what is that? Medi-Cal is like free health insurance in California. Okay. So when I went on unemployment and I was like, oh, I'm not, I'm not, I don't have any income. So let's sign up for Medi-Cal because that means it'll be free. Um, right. So it's so, like Medicaid. Yep. So I sign up and I'm like, oh, there's therapy here. And I, I've always wanted Adderall because like I felt like I've had ADD, but mostly I'm just like, oh, these are stimulants that help you get shit done. Fuck it. Like, let's get these, you know? <laughs> and so, um, so I sign up for them. So I research online. I'm like, okay, how do you get Adderall? And they're like, okay, you got to go to therapist, and then you have to go to psychiatrist, and then then they send you to someone to prescribe medicine. So I'm like, all right, fuck it, let's sign up for the therapist. I'm trying to figure out like what I'm gonna say because I'm like, all right, you got to say this and this and this, and they'll give you. Then you'll get some medicine, right? So while I'm That's making that true. while I'm making that shit up, I'm realizing like <laughs> my made up story is like is real. It's like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, wait, wait a minute. The shit I'm making up is actually true. But then I also realized, like, while I'm talking to the therapist and they're asking me stuff, it's, like, really, really good for me. And then while I'm trying to get the Adderall and telling them, like, how ADD I am, they're telling me, like, we think you're depressed. And then I'm like, nah, 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 nah. Like, <laughs> like you know, people got it way worse than me. Right. This ain't nothing. And the, but they're listening to my story and they're like, yo, that shit's like, that shit's fucked up, kind of. And now they got me thinking it too. I'm like, is it fucked up? Like, am I depressed? And these are all over the phone because of COVID right now. Right. Um. So I go to the psychiatric and the same, same, I can tell the lady's like kind of feeling for me, even though like I was, that wasn't even the point. I'm just trying to get yeah. pills. <laughs> so I go, I get it. So I go through it and I'm like, the second one's good too. And I'm like, this is something I should do. And then the lady asked me, um, so we're done here. You can go to therapy again. You can get medication or you can do both. And my dumb ass is like, medication, please. <laughs> and that's it? That's it. Um, and, well, and then uh, I today was my supposed to be like the appointment where I get um, medication or like they assign me something. And so they call, they call me uh, right before and they're like, Oh, you're um, the lady called in, called in sick. So I have to reschedule. And I'm like, okay. And they're like, okay. So next appointment is available July 31st. And I'm just like, dang, fuck. I'm like, and I never get real mad on the phone. But I'm, it's, like, early. I, I, like, set up my alarm to wake up early to do this shit. And I'm like, wait, wait, wait. So the lady called out. Now it's over a month for the next one. <laughs> yeah. And it's hard like, to get those appointments, man. Yeah. And so now I'm like, so I, I have Medi-Cal, but normally uh, I make more than what I should to um, qualify. qualify. Yeah. So so now I'm seeing what poor people go through. And I'm, I'm poor, but I'm not, like, poor, poor. What if this was somebody with like an actual, um, not just, not just like Kenny trying to, trying to get some stimulants, but like, what if this is somebody that's really has like some mental health issues? 
somebody that's really struggling and then and then medical just takes fucking forever to like help them you know so it definitely was like i i went from selfish to like yo like what about people that really need this shit that's that's fascinating so you so you did the appointment for the 31st or no yeah it's like i guess i was being i was being a little bitch like so you're like, just gonna be waiting, waiting for you. Yeah, because I was, dude, I was waiting. I was, it was like I was waiting for Christmas every day. Like, oh shit, I made it to the third appointment. <laughs> like, here we go, and then, and then, boom. But the whole point of that long ass story during this current time or before, how have you dealt with mental health or like depression? <sighs> During this time, I haven't been that bad, really. It just sort of depends on the day. It, it's not even like this, the the COVID circumstances that have gotten to me. It was some other things. In general, you know, I guess I try. I try to, uh, you know, look on the bright side of things in life. I know that sounds like real cheesy. Try to look on the bright side, but just you know, I I find it helpful to think about all of the positive things that I have going for me. You get that nice oh body. <laughs> you just look at yourself with your shirt off and shit. Oh, man. Still but got it. Like, Still got it. Wow. <laughs> Still got it. But then I also think about like how things could be worse. You know, I just try to be grateful for the things that I have and my circumstance and then try to you know, uh, I, I mean, I think everyone gets down at certain points and everyone goes through things. Um, it's important to have strategies of how to deal with those feelings and, and what to do when you're feeling that way. Some people can handle it themselves. Some people need to need to talk with someone, whether that be like a licensed therapist or whether it be just someone that you can like really talk to mom, dad, family, you know, a family member, like a really close friend, but everybody needs, you know, some kind of sounding board or, or, or some kind of release. Also, I, I found in addition to that, for me personally, just being active always helps out just doing something active, like playing basketball has always been a great, you know, great release and a great therapy for me but there are other things like now there's no basketball right so i do notice that when i when i'm more active like exercising and physically active i'm definitely in a better mood generally so now it's a little a little trickier to be active but i go for a lot of walks bike rides i try to stay you know i try to stay in the sun a lot you know if if it's sunny, it, that also improves my mood. If I'm outside in the sun, these are just all things that work work for me personally. But everybody, you know, you gotta everybody's gotta find their own thing. It's funny you say but go to basketball because um, I had the opposite reaction. Like I went to play basketball um, to kind of do what you were doing, and uh, I was at an open gym. Uh, yeah, I think twenty four hour fitness. I was last pick in basketball. And I was like, Whoa, "Oh my!" I, it like took me back to like high school and shit. I can't and even then you feel were good. Like, you were like, "I'm gonna show them. I'm gonna show them." Yeah, and I don't have 
the skills I used to have. You just got to get back out there. I did start getting better. Like I, like one game, I think I hit a couple threes and like a couple nice assists. I just like erupted with joy. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Rudy, Rudy making that sack. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, there's yeah. this one guy on the That's other nice. team just, that would just look at me like I was a piece of shit. <laughs> And I, I remember, like, I'm just like, why does this guy, why can't he just let me do my thing? He's, like, constantly just, just let me be? looking down on me. Yeah. <laughs> just let me play, man. Like, what are you doing? Wait, he was um, on your team or the opposite team? He was on the other, well, he was on the other team. Like, he he was trying to get me, he was, like, trying to get me not in the game, even in the beginning. Oh, kind of like, do you know that guy? Kind of like, oh, no, 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 like, let's let, let's see if these guys that are walking in want to play kind of shit. I'm just wow. Like, I'm like, dog, I'm right here. Like, but I'm still like, you know, just getting back to normal. So I'm like passive about it. All right, man. Like, yeah, I, I got to stretch anyway, man. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go stretch. Like, you guys, you guys play. You guys play. You know? yeah. <laughs> I'll, re- I'll referee or, you know, I'm, anyone, anybody thirsty, I'll go get Gatorades for everybody. Just. Oh, uh, my goodness. <laughs> All those little things are good, though. Like, you got to – that's what this podcast is, too. You know, there's certain things that make me hella uncomfortable. And I'm like, okay, so take all these things and, like, we're we're just going to go go with it. If you're uncomfortable talking, you're going to talk. If you're uncomfortable in front of people, you're going to get in front of people. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of that's – I shaved my head. I was always hiding my face with my hair. And, right. and then I started growing that facial hair, right? To hide yeah. hide my face even more, like during the pandemic, I was like, "You know what you're doing, man. You're hiding." So I'm like, "Shave that shit off." So I took, I took the shaver that I cut my balls with, <laughs> and I just shaved. <laughs> and I just put it on your face. Yep. I was like, "Get all this fucking hair off." There's no time to hide right now. Don't hide it. Wait. So you shave? I don't think I realized that you shaved your face too. And then you shaved. I your shaved head. my face, and well, yeah, the, and also because. So when you have facial hair, it it hides how uh, fat you are, and then the hair on top of my head. So I have this I have this mole above my right eyebrow, yeah, and that shit has been like punishing my soul for like for my whole life. I've always been like, damn, really? Yeah. So I like I would have my hair specifically like my bangs would like cover try to cover my mole on my eye. Like, like that's how you know. I was, I'm the cat. I was a cat that wouldn't take his shirt off swimming. You know, so I'm yeah, like, true, I'm true, like, dude. True. So I'm just like, all right, fuck it. It is what it is. If some people are gonna think it's ugly, some people ain't. Well, that's good. See, I like that. Just go with it, Ken. You gotta be. Yeah, you gotta I mean, be life's you. short, man. Like, that's that's what's up. See, I took notes for your ass. Look at this. I know. I, I hear some. some Paper shuffling over there. So you're half of Visceralist Podcast. Yeah. You guys just did episode 100, which is doing a 100 podcast episode is not an easy task. No. So first off, congratulations. Shout out to Thank Mr. You. Visceralist. You can just say K. You the man. You the man, K. <laughs> What's, what started you with the podcast? It was a while ago. I think it was, I think it was Kay's Kay's idea. What started it? I think we had done one or two podcasts together, 
he was really into podcasts, just listening to them. And then he put me on to listening to podcasts. And then he was interested in doing, recording some of our own podcasts. And, you know, it came around the right time. We didn't start doing it until I had gone through a breakup from a long-term relationship. Like, it was like 16? What year is it? 2019 now? Maybe that was 15. 15 slash 16, 2000. And, 20, right? Oh, dang, it's 20. You're right, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> and you, you were unsure, too. You're like, wait, it's 20. <laughs> I know, I'm 20. It's either 20 or 21, but I know it's two, I know it's in the 20s. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that was like 16, and, you know, I was in a bad place. I was, I was not in the best. And he came through, was like, yeah, we should do this podcast. And we had started it as, like, we'd done a couple. We'd started it as just a, like a straight up conspiracy podcast. And then we've, we've morphed it a little bit. But yeah, that's, I mean, that's how it got started. That was pretty much his idea. I'm like, we had talked about it, about doing some stuff together. But, you know, he's the main man that put it together. And then we just were rolling, rolling since then. I love trifling, trifling in New York City. And I love, I love you guys doing it specifically because you guys get bothered by the smallest shit. And it's like, it's the, I, I just love it. Like you guys pick up little things. Like I, I think other people wouldn't even notice, right? And, and you guys are just like zoned in on all these little things that, that are bothering you. It's I know. Awesome. It's like, you see that? Did you see that? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Check out the podcast. It's a visceralist podcast on Apple. What is it on everything? Yeah, it's all Spotify. over the place on all platforms. Look for it. I the last thing I want to finish with is um this is the pool party story. Oh my gosh. I, I feel like you need to embrace this. I'm all right with it now. It's just like, oh, man. I think, yeah, we've gone around with this story with the wine, starting from the wine coolers on. It was just bad when we rolled up. I don't even remember the wine coolers. People were clowning us because we had wine coolers. It's <laughs> <laughs> probably my idea. I hate it definitely al- was your idea. I hate the taste of alcohol. It was probably oh. the Bar- Bartles and James shit. You remember that? They still make that Bartles and James. Man, it's funny how oblivious I was in that time period. What had happened was, <laughs> <laughs> me and Justin were invited to a pool party. This Christian, Christian like pretty chicks pool party. That's the worst way to describe somebody, but it is what it wow, is. Wow, that was yeah, that was something. Okay, um, so we're like cool. We're in the big leagues now, buddy. That's right. Going to a pool party. Me and Justin, partners in crime, aka Weird Boys. Those are rap crew. Check out, (laughs) check out the hit single "Weird Though." Man, that single, get it? Ooh, hot fire! But anyway, we uh, meet up to go to this pool party. We get to the door and. (laughs) We're on some like you knock, no you knock shit. Right? Oh my gosh! And like, <laughs> neither of us would knock on the door. That's just who how we were. It's like it's yeah. not a big deal until somebody 
somebody makes it a big deal and then it's a big deal for everybody. When, right. Even though, even though it's nothing. So we can't decide who's going to knock. We decided to just walk into the house because it's like a party and we're going to probably run into somebody and just say hi or whatever. So we walk in, nobody's there inside the house. And then we hear someone coming and we start running up the stairs because we get scared. (laughs) Is that what happened? In my mind, that's what happened. We go in there. We're kind of creeping in there. Like, but we're going to, we're going to go to, we're going to go to the pool. And I, I think I initiated the running up the stairs. <laughs> and Justin was just on some shit where, like, if you're running, I'm running kind of shit. Exactly. So, so we hear, I hear someone come in, and I'm like, immediately, I don't know, like, I start running up the stairs because I'm like, yo, we're in the house, and, like, this is weird. And we go hide into the bathroom. <laughs> that was the, that was just, you know, where else, where else are we going to go? We're, we're in a random house. The world's hide, not ready. Like, running away. Um, so we hide in the bathroom, and did we both get into the shower? Yeah, we were both in the shower trying to be real quiet. <laughs> so, so we pull, we pull like the shower curtain, hide in the shower, and we're like, okay, hopefully that person doesn't know we're in here. And then we just slide down and go to the pool party. And then we why hear, did we run up the stairs? Just because somebody came in, we were like, oh man, nobody's coming. Just because someone and, was and coming, you, and you ran. <laughs> <laughs> and you follow because you were like right, and I was like, oh, don't you run away? In, just out of instinct. So yeah, I'm like, please don't come in the bathroom. Please don't come in the bathroom. And then you hear knock, knock, knock. And then I'm just like, holy shit! How do we get out of this one? So we end up opening the door and just being like, hey, like just coming up to use the bathroom. Like for was, me, I'm I'm not even real. Both of us. <laughs> yeah, it was both of us, and I'm not even. I'm not even thinking like that looks weird that there's two guys in there. Cause like, that's just, I don't even think about stuff like that. I didn't realize like everyone else, that's what everyone else was thinking. So we go down, we go down to the party. I'm kind of like over it at that point. I'm like, all right, that was weird, but whatever. Not realizing like that was a huge thing. And like that, everybody's talking about that shit. I, you and, know, uh, I didn't realize everybody was talking about it then either. I don't think either one of us did. Yeah, we just started doing our thing at the pool party. And I'm they were like, to get, wine coolers. <laughs> I'm already on, like, trying to get in the pool with my shirt on and making it look normal. <laughs> you know, I'm already on to the next problem. <laughs> on to the next, you know. Right. Um, and then <laughs> Justin tells me his brother tells him about the story and his brother is like two like two grades above us three three grades above us so that means that whole school knows about it (laughs) (laughs) and so apparently apparently what i'm trying to assume what the story was like to everyone else but what were we like making out in the bathroom or they knew we were in the shower because he was like were you in the shower with Ken? <laughs> I was like, yeah, dog, don't don't worry about that. Enjoy them ribs, dog. And then I walked away. But yeah, like his, one of his good friends at the time, her little sister was there. I think he must have been, my. I think my brother must have been in college. Oh my god, he wasn't even in the school? Because she she was younger than us. Unless she was there in like 8th grade or something. 
because I only spent one year. Me and my brother only left one year. He was a senior. I was a freshman. Mm. Uh, but anyway, so I guess she must have been there or she heard from somebody. Then she told her brother and then he told my brother. And then my brother was like, mm, let me see about this. <laughs> so what the the word on the street is you were fucking me in the shower or it was? <laughs> I guess. I, I don't know. I think there was some uncertainty to the story because it was like, so what was happening? I think people like assumed a lot of things. Like we were like making out or like rubbing on each other or doing something in the bathroom slash shower. I mean, I'm really curious. I wonder who would know. You, yeah, you, you find out, you go, you search your archives and reach out to somebody that maybe would, would hear about it. I'm not that, asking my brother. That could explain how hard it was to date in high school a little bit. Maybe. I mean, but we got caught doing, like, do you remember that time? <laughs> Your sister, I think it was Sharon. She, she, we were, for some reason, like, I fell asleep in your bed, and we were in your bed together, that, like, twin bed, and Sharon came into your room. <laughs> We I don't like, even remember that. Oh my gosh! I was just—I just looked like, damn. Her, the look on her face, like she was just like, man, what's what's up with the two of you guys? Because she'd seen like a lot of our weird shit together, and she was like, man, you guys are some weirdos. Just the look on her face. Did you? So did you know we were weird, or did you? Because I didn't know. I, I didn't. Thought we were, I, I thought, thought we, we were normal. Just like, regular but we would just like i was saying before man we just got caught at these awkward times like five seconds before five seconds after nothing <laughs> nothing strange about that situation i mean we if we don't run up those stairs if that person doesn't come up the stairs after us <laughs> nothing yeah happened. nothing yeah ain't nothing wrong like pass me the wine coolers right pass me a wine cooler let's get it um <laughs> <laughs> don't ask me to take off my shirt I'm getting in the pool yeah. like this. <laughs> I feel like we would have thrived in today's today's young generation, you know, because everyone's weird. Like we we would be we would be the most normal people in today's society of kids. Like they're yeah. so free. They're so free right now. Well, Justin Perkins, thank you so much for coming on the show. Oh, bye. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Oh my god. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh. Alright, my man. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. All Talk to you later.